0: It's the sports jam. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host Justice. Joined with me, as always, are my co-hosts Mark and Cam. I know these are two excited dudes because we just uh, started the NCAA football season, and we'll go to you, uh, Mark, first because you had probably the the more exciting game here, Pitt West Virginia, as your Panthers took home the win Thursday night. How are you feeling after that win, Mark?
1: Elated, absolutely elated. Uh, yeah. If you come to me as a Pitt fan, you know there's two things I don't like: Penn State and West Virginia. And that that one just felt good. That one felt good.
0: Well, I'll agree with you on the uh, the Penn State. I'm not I'm not a Penn State guy either. So, I, but I'm not necessarily a Pitt guy. So so I kind of fall into the the WVU side there. I was a little disappointed.
1: Look at it like this: though. at least we represented the ACC because we all know the North Carolina. Fan inside of you respects the ACC getting a big one. Okay, listen, I wasn't
0: gonna. I wasn't gonna mention. <laughs> we got we got a tough tough game today. We're recording this on Saturday, uh, September third, and the Tar Heels take on Appalachian State, which is a, a, a <laughs> tough game for us. I'm a little concerned. We don't have Josh Downs or or go to wide receiver, so I'm a, I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried about this one. But Cam, some exciting news on your end as well. Your alma mater, UCF, taking home the week one dub. How are you feeling, Cam?
2: Oh, I'm feeling great. We won that game like it was nothing. So I can say everyone knows that UCF is where it's at. Other than other than like um, the Pitt Panthers, I don't even know them, to be quite honest. Um, yes, I root for West Virginia because not only my uncle went there, my mom went there, my brother went there. So I have no group for West Virginia, so I was a little <laughs> sick that they lost that game. But me and Mark, we've been going at it for the last, like, three or four weeks. about Pittsburgh, Panthers. <laughs> so he tried to come at me with UCF because they done snapped our win streak back on September 21st of 2019. Yes, I remember that day. Yes, you had your little Pickens dude, Kenny Pickens. All right, ha, 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 have him. You can have him. (laughs) Well, we had Dylan Gabriel, who is T R A S. So we need to have McKenzie Milton because his season ended last year against USF with this injury. But all I'm saying is, you guys ain't back. Once we get into the Big 12, it's over. I was like, you know how many recruits we're getting right now? I was like, who are y'all getting? Ask me Cor- that,
1: Mark. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't, didn't UCF play South Carolina State? And did South Carolina State punter not run 14 yards in front of the line of scrimmage and then punt the ball?
2: That is true.
1: Okay, that's all I need to know.
2: That is true. But Listen,
1: To answer your question, Pitt brought in the transfer portal. They're working through the portal. Keaton Slovis was a five-star quarterback at USC. Okay, lost mm-hmm. the job, came in and showed why he's a five-star quarterback. They brought in a receiver from, I believe it was Albany, who had a thousand yards receiving last year.
2: Did you just and- say Albany? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I think
1: boy. he had he, he had four catches for seventy-five yards. He had a, he was a thousand-yard receiver last year. And even though
2: y'all beat us 35 to 34 by one point, I'm saying we all are all high on Gabe Davis. He did go have 10 catches for 151 yards with two touchdowns against the (laughs) Panthers.
0: So, So, Mark, let me ask you this. Your predictions for Pitt this year, what's their record? What do
1: you predict they finish? I mean, they got a terrible schedule. I mean, the Miami game's the big one. Right, the Miami game, they need to find a win. You told me they had five five teams in the
2: top twenty five.
1: The ACC has five teams in the top twenty five. Pitt plays Miami. I mean, Tennessee next week's going to be a, a tough one. I think Malik Hooker's still Tennessee's quarterback, so I mean that'll be a little you're, bit of tough. Mark,
0: you're not giving me any prediction here.
1: Uh you want me to predict you something? I predict Pitt and Clemson in the ACC championship again.
0: Oh, okay, okay. So, so I mean, you're you're pretty convinced that uh, that Keaton there'll... Slovis
1: will get the job done. The defense retained everybody.
0: No, no, Mark, you're 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 you sound convinced that Pitt will go back to the ACC championship. Will they win it though?
1: It depends on what DJ Uyangu looks like. No,
0: Mark, I need I need an answer. Is Pitt your your back-to-back ACC champions? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, Cam, what can we expect out of UCF this year?
2: <laughs> We're either going to be 10-2 and two or 11-1. Only loss would be against Cincinnati or Louisville next week. That will be the only two losses. Don't you just play
1: Houston still? We do not play Houston this year. I like that Houston team. That Houston team is always secretly good.
2: Yeah, we have Louisville next week at home. That will be our big game. We'll smack Georgia Tech when we play at home uh, September 24th. So, I don't know about some of these ACC teams that we're playing against, but uh, we should give them for the run of their money. You play Virginia Tech? We don't play Virginia Tech. Oh,
1: well, thank goodness because they just lost Old Dominion. So, that might have been true. And you're talking about the ACC (laughs) team. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not saying the bottom half of the ACC is good.
0: <clears throat> well, well, this is good, uh, fellas. You know, the, the tensions are high Saturday morning here. I think I think tensions around the world are high with college football season starting. So we're all excited. And by the way it sounds, I would just love if we somehow got a Pitt-UCF uh, bowl game this year. And then we could let you two guys just go on the podcast for about 30 minutes and, and duke it out before, <laughs> before the bowl game but we'll jump into uh what we had on the agenda for the podcast today. Uh if you haven't already, follow us on Twitter at the sports jam 22 and uh you could also join our Discord as well. We also have a a website that we'll be getting the the link to that out pretty soon as well. And but you know, let's jump into it. The first thing we wanted to talk about and I know the the guys are excited here because we're closing up the draft season but we're not done yet as this is probably the biggest draft weekend there is and the one thing that we want to talk about today is the I don't know how would you do you guys have a name for this or anything you know I'm kind of just referring it to the as the fantasy league or as our main fantasy league do you guys have anything that you call the league here
2: uh our shark league we shark usually league. we get about we we get great Talent like great people every year in our league, so I believe it's like one of the better better the leagues than what you're gonna find. I pay attention to this league more than I pay attention to half of the other leagues i've uh am in anyway, so <laughs> yeah, I was so... out here playing madden while drafting in none of league and everything so
0: I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this uh this league is. You know, our main league, this is the league that Cam and I started in. Uh, we started with my dad 12 years ago. Now we've been, we've been playing 12 seasons and Mark just joined us five seasons ago. And we had, we've had Mark's roommate in and out the, the past couple of years. He he'll be back in it this year. Um, but, you know, not to, to put these guys on blast or anything, <laughs> Mark, I guess I can't put you on blast, but you know, if, I'm starting at the top here. You know, I, I've kept everything in our in our stats book over the years. So we've had twelve seasons of this league. I've kept the records. And Cam comes in at a overall record of hundred and fourteen wins and one hundred and thirty-five losses. The the thing I will say about this league is for about six years we were playing a format of quarterback, two running back, two wide receiver, uh tight end flex, kicker defense. And uh standard p p r as well twelve teams and more recently we jumped over to a league where we do one quarterback two running back three wide receiver so that there's the there's the difference is the is the three wide receiver and the other difference is every week you play an opponent head to head and you also play against the average score of um all the teams in the league so any given week, I may be playing against Mark, and I'm also playing against the average score that week. So there's a possibility to go 2-0, and 1-1, or 0-2. So that's why, you know, a record like 114 and 135 for Cam is possible because, you know, it, the math wouldn't add up if it was just 12 seasons and you just uh, play a traditional schedule. So Cam, you know, he has four playoff, exper- uh, four playoff appearances, though, uh, his most recent one being last year. He was actually the only one in the league to make the playoffs last year as uh, myself, Mark, and my dad came in seventh, eighth, and ninth. So we all missed out on on the playoffs barely. But Cam, I think you finished, what was it,
2: fourth? I think it was fourth, I believe. I could have lost the first round. Of- I don't think I lost on first round of the playoffs. I think I won. I think but you I won as you. well. I think you, uh,
0: you came in fourth. I think you came in fourth regular season and fourth in the. Uh, like final mm-hmm. playoff standings, but Cam has four overall playoff appearances, and he won one championship in this league. What was that, Cam? Twenty thirteen, it looks like. Yeah, it, yeah that was steep. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's been a while. <laughs> yeah. uh, he ran the gauntlet that year, so so Cam is he's he's uh he's actually four playoff appearances have probably been like three out of the last five years, so so Cam's been coming on as of late. <laughs> and he's trying
2: to... Mark be, out here laughing as if he's going to beat me this season. <laughs> I have a great game plan this year. What well, is
1: my head-to-head versus Cam? Can we just bring that up? We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Okay. Real quick.
0: But real quick, my dad's record, 12 seasons, he's four games better than Cam, 118 wins, 131 losses, five playoff appearances, but difference here zero championships and the only uh, the other thing is my dad has a runner-up cam hasn't had a runner-up yet and they both had one third place finish jumping on to to my record you know the the guy that everybody is chasing (laughs) so remember this is this is 12 seasons of work here 136 and 113 so the only one right now with a positive winning percentage, a winning percentage of above 500, eight playoff appearances. That's eight out of 12 <laughs> years that I have made the playoffs. Mm. I don't miss very often. That's, that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> However, I am lacking on championships. I only have two championships and one runner-up, which came just two years ago. When Mark, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think to get that runner up, I had to beat you in the semifinals, and I think we were going into a Monday night game.
1: Oh brother! Where
0: I was only up, what was it like, three point two points, and you had Wayne Gallman, and he ran for what, like thirty one yards?
1: Yeah. Hey,
2: sucks to suck when you just rely on Christian McCaffrey the whole season. <laughs>
1: hey, but I but did it again this year. Day.
0: But Mark, Mark, uh, Mark has been pretty solid in the league. He's only been in the league five years, as I mentioned. Uh, 72 wins, 60 losses. So he is above 500 as well. He's made playoffs three out of the five years, has one runner up finish. I think that was what,
1: three years ago, Mark? That's when I had McCaffrey.
0: That, yep. So 2019. That is when, when had I had McCaffrey.
1: McCaffrey.
0: Yep. Um, Mark's roommate, I have down right now, three seasons, 29 wins, 51 losses and one playoff appearance. But now it's time to get a little interesting here. We have some head-to-head records. Uh, my dad's not here to defend himself. <laughs> so we'll just start with everybody's record against him. Cam is 8-6 and six overall against my dad. Me and my That's dad my are... That's rival. Just, that is the rivalry. The rivalry started there. Me and my dad are actually a split 9-9 nine and nine, Uh Mark has a 4-2 to advantage over my dad. Mark was actually up 4-0. I think I, well, yeah, I think I lost
1: both last year. And,
0: and got swept in his two games against my dad last year. And then we get into some some a little more interesting stats. We'll go head-to-head. Mark and Cam, this is what Mark wanted to hear. He wanted to brag about his 4-2 record against Cam. Hmm. Cam, what what what's your message uh to Mark this year going into the league? Y- you know you're saying you had a strategy, so what's your message to uh Mark's
2: 4 and 2 record against you? The reason why he's 4 and 2 is because whenever I play against him, I'm always scoring my lowest points against him.
1: But my usually I'm too do,
2: strong. Yeah, I guess your defense <laughs> is too strong because you don't score any points. You're will 101 points and beat the person that scores ninety points, and that's why you keep on having good records.
1: <laughs>
0: I will. I will say I, I probably should keep it, uh, statted on on the uh, the amount of points scored in a in each year. I I don't have that, but it, it's definitely something that's real important for a league that
2: uh, the type of league where are in being that you play against the average every week. But and guys, I'm just picking on. I'm just picking on Mark. Mark's my boy. He knows I love him and everything. We just been going at it for the last three or four days.
0: Yeah, I mean, I could feel it. The tensions are high. Something must
2: have happened in the uh, VFL for Madden. You know,
0: <laughs> I don't. I don't know if if Cam hasn't been getting the ball enough or something. Or... Uh, I don't play
1: quarterback no more. I'm running back now. Yeah, I moved. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you're demanding
0: too many carries or something. You <laughs> <know>? <laughs> <laughs> but mark you know you you got this winning record against everybody you, you're four and two against everybody but you know against the champ against the
1: champ you're four and three mark listen everybody gotta have the guy that's their arch enemy right the hero gotta have their villain story and okay four and three is fun and all but I,
0: I should correct that mark i said you were four and three i just want to make that clear You're four
1: and three. I'm three and four. Right. Exactly, okay. So like I said, every hero has their villain, okay, and you're the rival of mine, and we will figure it out. It just so happens that every time I run into you, you decide to drop 160 points. But that's what I do every week. (laughs) So the opposite of what happens with Cam, Cam can score sub-100, and you're scoring plus-150 so right. it's just, it is what it is. I'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Fair. That's that's
0: fair Shh. enough. Well, Mark, if, if I'm your villain, then I must be Cam's kryptonite. <laughs> Yo, more than the kryptonite the last time
2: I beat Justin.
0: <laughs> Cam, it, it's been a, a rough sledding against, uh, for you against me. It's a, I have a 12 to 5 advantage against Whoa. you. Um, but, I mean, this, this is 12 years of, of resume building. And I mean, this dates back to the 2010. So, Goodness. I mean, you you got time, Cam. That's that's the thing. You you have some time to to fight back and, and try to get that back towards 500.
2: Uh, that's a long time because now we're we're playing it smart now because we're only going against each other one time unless we make playoffs against each other, which I like anyway.
0: Right, right, yeah. You you don't want to you can. So since there's 12 teams in the league, you have to play one or two guys um, twice twice in a season, in the regular season. So we've actually figured out a way to make sure we don't play each other twice in the regular season to, to try to avoid uh, knocking each other out <laughs> of the playoffs late in the season. Um, But, you know, we always love those playoff matchups. That's why I got to start recording is is the playoff records against each other, because that's when the ultimate bragging rights come. Who cares what you do in the regular season if you're not winning these fantasy championships and getting to the playoffs and whatnot?
1: You don't got to talk about me in the playoffs. I suck when I run into (laughs) y'all. I'll say it right now. I know it because I know, okay, I lost to you one year, Justice. Cam got me the one year in the third place game. Uh, let's just talk. The roommate got me the first year he came in in the first round of playoffs. It's like when I, I'm fine against everybody in the regular season. When it comes to the postseason, it's like all right, here it comes, here comes the the biggest matchup that I'm gonna lose all year.
0: <laughs> well, uh, we will say we play on this website called APEC, Apex Apex uh, Fantasy Football money leagues or apex fantasy football league, something like that. If you want to try it out, uh, you know, just check out their website, simple Google search. will get you there, but we'll be covering this league probably for about 10, 15 minutes each week throughout the year. Keep you guys updated on how each of us are doing and whether or not we'll be able to update those records and, and see if anybody makes any progress against somebody else. And hopefully we'll get my dad on the podcast here soon to talk a little junk. The last thing I want to cover in about the fantasy league is our draft picks. Mark has the first pick. I have the 10th pick. Cam is at eight and my dad is at six. So, Cam, I got a question for you. Do you think Mark goes McCaffrey or do you think he actually tries to surprise us all and go somewhere else?
2: You already know Mark has been (laughs) full of ish for the last week, two weeks, ever since we even got our uh, draft picks given to us. He is 100% going Christian McCaffrey. He knows it. Um, He's not going to fool you with his Austin Eckler or Jonathan Taylor or whatever analytical BS he wants to uh, bring to us. (laughs) He's going Christian McCaffrey, and it – and he's gonna ride or die with them just like he did. And he'll still he probably still will miss the playoffs. I'm putting it on the I'm putting it on the fridge. He's still wow. miss the playoffs. Wow with Chris McCaffrey. Wow.
0: So so just to be clear about that with for everybody, Cam is putting on the fridge. One, that Mark drafts Christian McCaffrey and two, that Mark will miss the playoffs with Christian McCaffrey on. His
1: <clears throat> You could take one off the fridge. I'll I'll be the first to announce it. What is it? Saturday, two days in advance. I am indeed taking McCaffrey because who's that really going to hurt if I say it now? None of you can pick anywhere close to me. The the ballpark of my pick to y'all's is different. So everybody that's in my little bubble that I could pick from will be gone by the time you swing around y'all's pick. So I will take McCaffrey. I'll let you know. So, Cam, first win of the season on the fridge. Yes.
0: Yeah, I I think we all saw that coming. Uh, Mark's a homer. I am. Or he's a dirty homer.
1: A dirty, dirty (laughs) homer.
0: But one other thing we want to to dive in quickly before we get into the the season awards here is our our second topic on the agenda today. It's family pick'em. And... In case anybody is unfamiliar, family or uh, Pick'Em is basically each week you just pick head-to-head winners of each of the NFL games. We do this, we've been doing this for what, about eight? Well, I think you've done this, it longer than I've been in it,
2: Cam, but you've got to about eight Yeah, this will be the eighth season. It's the best stuff ever with our family. Our family is very close, especially the ones uh, that do know us, Um I've been the commissioner ever since season one with it and we love it. Like we get engaged with it. People talk mess, even though everything's surely luck, but Hey, we have (laughs) to my, our grandfather has won twice. I've won twice, but I think that was even before Justin even joined the league when I won. But, um, that was back when there was only like 18. So you can call me like the green Bay Packers basically. Um, but it's a great thing. I can't wait for Mark to get in because he is family to us. And um, I don't see him making the playoffs because I, I for some reason, the females <laughs> in our family pick em, they make the playoffs, especially uh, Justice's mom, Brenda. And Brenda, I don't know what she, what she does. Her and Aunt Arlene, they find themselves away. And Aunt, Aunt Vicky to make the playoffs every year.
0: Yeah, I mean we gotta throw Aunt Elaine in there too because I know. Oh yeah, and two. my
2: mom shoot, Aunt shoot. my mom. Yeah, them four, one hundred percent make the playoffs every year. Every. <laughs>
0: they, they 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 be whooping my butt. The, the one thing I do want to, I I, I'd be remiss if I just didn't call this out, Cam, because, at some point we are just gonna have to. Th- there's blatant cheating going on in the family pick'em, and I, I got to call Aunt Arlene out on this because. She has insider information. She oh, knows somebody shoot. in the NFL. I know I, there's no way <laughs> she she picks this accurately every week. And you know she's not. You can't pick this accurately just by picking the favorites. She's out here picking upsets correctly.
2: Literally, there. I think <laughs> she has the most. I'll have to go back and check. She had um, last year. She already had one where she. Had, whoa! Come on now. They're like. If I was a betting man, I'd be rich at that point. I'm a betting man, so I ain't rich. And I'm like, there's no freaking way. I was like, she is getting a perfect week just like that. I was like, even if it's 13 games for the week, she got a perfect week, and then it was the year before that, she got a perfect week. And I'm like, what? There's no way.
0: Yeah, I mean – Like Cam mentioned, if you're if you if you would if she would have took those weeks and took them to the sports book and put five dollars down on that, I mean she would have made thousands, oh yeah, on that uh, by correctly predicting correctly predicting a perfect football week. Um, So I mean it has to be insider information. There's no there's no other uh, answer to it. Um, But yeah, I'm
2: keeping my eye out on her. But, Mark, yeah, I'm you. telling you, my man, if you think that me and Justice are running the show in the Family Pick'ems, <laughs> no, you got—you are certainly right. It is oh. all of the females. Right. Dana included. Dana's great, too. I'm like, goodness, all the females, I guess they know more than what we do. I'll tell you that.
0: So, so, so in case anybody doesn't know, Dana is is my girlfriend. And the thing that really confuses me is I'm right next to her when she's making her <laughs> every week. Every week. You know, she asks me, should I take the 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 Panthers or the Cardinals? And I say, Well, X is the favorite, um, but Y may have a chance to win. I said, and you know, I may even mention I'm going with Thing because You know, she may not know if Kyler Murray was out or something like that. So I'm basically telling her who I pick. And, you know, she changes a few things here and there, you know, to suit her own preferences. She likes Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, she's always picking the Chiefs. And somehow she beats me every year. Those are my picks. How is she beating me with my own picks? You know, it, it kind of blows my mind there. Oh yeah. I just yeah. did not see how it happens. And, and Mark Cam is absolutely right when he says, "Don't go expecting me to, to do just about anything." I basically have missed the playoffs every year. I think I think I've only made it one time. <laughs> you know, Cam, Cam. Actually, when I joined the league and I lost for about two years, Cam had to start a consolation. Uh, tournament or a a loser's tournament for the playoffs so people so i still felt involved going into <laughs> weeks 15 16 and 17 because i was done picking for so long
2: by that point <laughs> i think you do have a constellation bracket champion. can i think more, yeah I think the year before i believe not last
0: yeah. year, year. I, I probably beat one of my sisters <clears throat> I, I can't lose to my sister's <laughs> Dana, Dana, I'll accept, but I, I'm not. I'm not going to lose to any of my sisters. But um, yeah, you guys could expect that as well. We'll do about 10-15 minutes each week of family pick 'em, and uh, be going over who's in first, who's in second, and, and things like that. Who's on the outside looking in? And uh, Cam, you know, maybe I should make a bold prediction here.
1: Let maybe here. maybe we
0: should put this on the fridge. I'm gonna say. <clears throat> Anne Arlene doesn't make the playoffs this year.
2: Oh, oh my goodness. This she,
0: oh, she's so, I'm calling her out. I'm calling her out. We're going to put that on the fridge. Anne Arlene, <laughs> not in the playoffs this
2: year. Knowing that there's eight, oh, my goodness, 12 teams that make the playoffs, I believe that there will be two-thirds, so I'm going to say eight out of 12, will be female that makes
1: uh i'm gonna need a bigger fridge you guys are filling it up now
2: well i mean we still got room in the freezer so <laughs>
0: that's true last week's episodes in case you missed that we went over our division conference and super bowl winners this week we're going to go over some of our favorite uh season award winners and you know you could probably get a lot of the, these different bets on any sports book that you look at but these are also you know Even not betting-wise, these are just predictions that we like to make. Um, Some things like MVP, offense Player of the Year, Rookie of the Year, uh, Comeback Player of the Year, things like that. So, without further ado, let's get started. And why don't we start with the young guys? Let's start with the rookies. We'll go Offensive Rookie of the Year. And Mark, I'm interested in hearing from you because I know the – Probably the preseason favorite is a pick guy. Kenny Pickett is probably the favorite. So is Kenny Pickett your offensive rookie of the year, Mark?
1: No. Wow. No. Uh, I think Pickett doesn't win it because he's not starting right away. He starts week one. He's the front runner. Um, A lot of people are talking the other rookie that they brought into Pittsburgh in George Pickens. Being a big favorite. I don't like that either. And I'm going to go off the grid with my pick. And I've already brought him up once. I, I, I really fully like Damian Pierce. Okay, I'm fully invested in Pierce. Yes, Houston is really good at the NFL thing. But like, they're going to they're gonna be bad. They're rebuilding. I, I think Damian Pierce is a great pick. He's at plus 900 on DraftKings, third on the line. So I'll I'll, I'll lock Damian Pierce in as my running back. And I'll even say he goes 4,000 yards rushing, and probably six touchdowns. So I'll take that too.
0: So, so an interesting pick there, Mark. And you, you uh, briefly mentioned it. Do you worry about it all at all that there's the possibility that the Texans are like, Two and fifteen this year. Do you worry <laughs> about that at all? Factoring in and say, oh, I don't know, uh, Chris Olave of the Saints. Say he, you know, has even nine hundred yard, eight hundred, nine hundred yards, and they end up being something like a ten win team.
1: Do you yeah, worry, that's. I like, mean, yeah, something like that is always concerning because Olave is definitely is going to be huge in New Orleans. Okay. And Houston for sure has the absolute chance of going 2-15. But my question is, how much do they really care of them going 2-15? How much are they really trying to tank to get these high picks to form a team, which I, I think they like Davis Mills. I think that's their quarterback right now. I think that's what they're running with for a little bit. So it's it's how much do they care if they lose, and how much do they want to develop the young players around
0: So I think what I'm hearing you're saying is the voters won't weigh in too much on the record because they understand that the Texans may not be fully committed to trying to have a great year. Yeah. Especially once they come out the gates slow and, you know, maybe they start the season out one and five, two and five, something like that. And they're they're like, well you know maybe we should should start you know preparing for next year and <laughs> continuing their rebuild but cam who do you have for
2: offensive rookie of the year offensive rookie of uh year i'm going to go with ohio state boy chris olave new orleans saint 190 pounds. he had 175 receptions for 12 uh, for 2700 yards through his time at ohio state with thirty five touchdowns with an average of fifteen point four yards he is james winston as james winston has put up numbers before, especially in fantasy uh, but even in real life, I think that he can put up if mt if my Michael Thomas cannot stay healthy he's the number one target there so if that happens uh, i'm not too concerned about Jarvis Landry, just because of the fact that he will have that just slot role. And what's going to happen is he's just basically going to be that basically safety net for them. But I think the big play potential of Chris Olave is huge. And he's a great player. He's going to be able to carve up some of these NFC um, uh, defenses for sure. And I think he will win offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, I will say
0: I do like that pick. Um, the like you mentioned, the thing about that is his big playability. Jameis Winston loves the deep ball, and he, he's he's pretty good at throwing the deep ball. And Mike Thomas and, and Jarvis Landry don't really fit that deep uh, deep ball type of role. So Chris Olave definitely has a, a nice role in that offense there, and I think uh, Jameis Winston could really like him. The guy I'm going to go with, though, is Mark has already mentioned his name, is George Pickens. I think he is the kind of slowly developing into everybody's favorite rookie or at least, you know, kind of the maybe like the the favorite to develop into the uh, offensive rookie of the year. The reason I like him is, you know, he kind of he has all the tools as a receiver, uh, the size, the hands. Um, he's physical. Uh, he could he could play downfield. You know he could he could do a great job as as a possession receiver. And I think he's already surpassed Chase Claypool as as Pittsburgh's uh, wide receiver too, And mm-hmm. the the other thing I like, you know, for Pickens is Deontay Johnson and, and Chase Claypool. They've been known to have nagging injuries that you know keep them out for weeks. And I think Pickens is is really going to really step up if any of those guys are able to miss time. And I, I think he could be the next rookie wide receiver that goes for 1,000 um, yards or so. And, you know, he's got two quarterback. I think the, the quarterback situ- situation is going to be an upgrade. Um, if Roethlisberger was the quarterback, I wouldn't like this as much being that, you know, Roethlisberger had to throw everything within 5 to 10 yards. Uh, Trubisky and – Pick it, whichever one gets the job. Both of them give you the opportunity to throw the ball a little more downfield, which which will do well for Pickens. Um, but there you have it, our offensive rookie of the years. We'll now jump to defensive rookie of the year. Everybody likes to neglect the defense, uh, but we're not going to do that year. So, Mark, who do you have for your defensive rookie of the year?
1: I mean, it's tough. Uh, how? We don't know how long Thibodeau's is out for with that, uh, what do they call it, like a sprained knee or something, whatever they're calling it, like extended, hyper-extended knee. Yeah. I, I, really, I really think it's like a three-horse race between Hutchinson, Sauce Gardner, and um, Kyle Hamilton. I think Kyle Hamilton's really underappreciated. But I'm going to go Sauce loves. in New York. Yeah. The thing is with Kyle, if Baltimore's good – which in theory they should be, but if he's, you know, Ed Reed 2, I'm not saying Ed Reed 2.0 yet, but if he has the traits that Ed Reed had back in Baltimore, that's that's dangerous. That'll be very scary. But I, I think Sauce is your defensive rookie of the year because of the sheer fact of you're not throwing the ball to his side of the field. And if you do He's not giving up a big play, and he will make a play on that ball. Does he have five interceptions? No, probably not. I would predict somewhere r- roughly around two to three. But just the amount of yards that he's going to take away from potential number one, number one receivers is, is the impact that he leaves on the game. So I'll go sauce as my DPOY, or D- defensive rookie of the year. Not defensive player, that's different.
0: Yeah, Mark. So uh, you, you you got a little uh, bold, you know. You're getting you you mentioned uh, Sauce Gardner <laughs> and Ed Reed in the in the same conversation.
1: Well, Sauce Kyle Gardner. Hamilton and Ed Reed.
0: Okay, I, that's why I was I was about to say. You know, not even in the same position there. Yeah, Kyle got, Hamilton and Ed Reed. I mean, even even that, even that, even that. You know, you're touching a, a, a that's a touchy subject for for Ravens fans. You know that that's Ed true. Reed, he's the guy.
1: I don't know. I'm saying if Kyle can, like, show tendencies or traits at Ed Reed and then maybe bloom into not what Ed Reed was able to do, but just, you know, a lesser Ed Reed but still a great player, That's that'll be scary for that Baltimore defense.
0: Yeah. Um, so, so, Cam, you have anybody for us here, Defensive Rookie of the Year?
1: Um,
2: I'm going to stick right with the – Literally, he's the head person. He's the best odds, and that is Aiden uh, Hutchinson out of Michigan. The man is the truth. I believe he had 14 sacks his uh, – not senior, but his junior year at Michigan. He's he's the truth. Like I love pass rushes. And he, he really gives me that, that. Miles Gary – the Khalil Max, the TJ Watts type of players that really are able to get through that offensive line. And I wouldn't be shocked if he starts out the season, if he can get a roughly around, I would say, eight and a half, nine sacks, he actually has a really good shot of winning it, uh, hands down. So... I do like Aiden Hutchinson. He actually, yeah, I would say eight and a half, nine sacks, and he will be defensive rookie and player of the year.
0: Yeah, yeah definitely the the odds-on favorite for defensive rookie of the year. I think my favorite thing about Hutchinson outside of football was the uh, the, the Michael Jackson, Billy Jean. Uh, <laughs> have you guys seen that? Yeah,
1: on Horde Knocks. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, that was – Cam, have you seen it? Yes, I've seen it that was, that, was, that was good stuff mate. yeah yeah he he really got the uh the rest of the lines going so so uh, that got a, that got a chuckle out of me but the guy i'm going to go with is a dark horse and he's plus 2000 on on Barstool's, uh sportsbook to win defensive rookie of the year the name that i like is George Karloftis Loftus uh of the the Kansas City Chiefs late round draft or first round draft pick uh, late first round draft pick out of purdue six four two seventy five the thing i like about him and I, I know you guys can kind of uh see this is he just looks like a football player you know you think of a guy like luke keekley or or the watts and if you just look at him you're like oh yeah he's a football player and you know watching him in the preseason it's like Every play, he just seems involved in every play, whether it's, you know, coming in, finishing off tackles, you know, getting a sack, uh, forcing a fumble. Carl Loftus is in there on every single play. He's making he's making things happen. The the Chiefs really love him. They're, they're expecting really big things out of him uh, right away. And I, I think he could really help out a defense that's not great. And, you know, take them to a mediocre level, which is it, going to do them really well this year. And the thing I li- I really like is uh, players on good teams have better chances of winning season awards because not only do they have the stats, but they also have the team record to back it up. So uh,
1: That's not always true. And I'm going to use the NBA as an example because how on earth did Cade Cunningham get put on the tag list for Rookie of the Year last year when the Pistons were? horrendous. I don't think the records play as big of a like a tag into what who wins the award. I think it's the impact that they leave on the game. I think that is the biggest thing that people look for in putting guys on the list for finalists. It, it's how they impact the game on their side of the ball. I counter Which I would feel amiss if I didn't say Jordan Davis, too, because the defensive tackle is not going to win rookie of the year because he's not going to be the guy that's going to get you, you know, the interceptions or the PBOs or all these tackles and sacks. But he's going to stuff the middle of the field. He does his job. But why
2: so? Because of the fact that I'm not going to compare him to Aaron Donald because Aaron Donald's a totally different breed, but he's a defensive mm-hmm. tackle, and he's a three, uh, three-time three player of the year, uh, defensive player of the year, and he plays D-tackle.
1: And they I have believe... Aaron Donald listed as a D-tackle, but he moves all around that defensive Yeah, part. he moves around, but
2: he plays more majority of the defensive tackle position.
0: Mark, I will I will counter your uh, your record, uh, argument here with just by saying I agree with you 100% that when you look at rookie awards, the main focus is just the the impact that they have on the field or the basketball court or, uh, you know, whatever sport that respective sport that they're in. My argument in saying that the record will help is say end of season comes around and statistically speaking, Aiden Hutchinson and George Carl up this are extremely close stats-wise. Then something as far as record may just give Carl Loftus the nod over Hutchinson where we expect the Lions to be really bad and we expect the Chiefs to be pretty good. So, you know, if end of season comes around and their stats are extremely similar or maybe even... Carl Loftus is, has slightly fewer stats. Slightly, his stats are slightly worse. I think that a 10-win record may just give him the nod, may just give him the advantage for the award over a three-win record that the Lions may have. Does that make
1: sense? I mean, that's 100% sure. Let's jump into comeback
0: player of the year. Uh, some interesting names here, and just recently with the, with the unfortunate news of the, the Brian Robinson uh, being shot in the uh, attempted robbery, he actually jumps to the favorite at plus 400. But, Mark, do you have a name that you like as Comeback Player of the Year? And, Mark, don't, we're listening very closely because we're, we know you're going Christian McCaffrey first overall, and he's actually the fifth favorite on Barstool Sportsbook to win Comeback Player of the Year. Is is McCaffrey your Comeback Player of the Year? Yes, <laughs> I he do
1: have a, I do have a really close second though, because I, I mean I don't have to elaborate to why I think McCaffrey's going to win Comeback Player of the Year.
0: Right, if he's healthy, he's the Comeback Player. Yeah, of
1: the year. I want to say I, I want to talk more on my runner up, and my runner up. And it's tough because they consider Derrick Henry for comeback player of the year. But I think it's Jameis Winston.
2: I love that. I really like that. Moment. Yes.
1: Yeah. Because Winston had such a good, like, a, not a good. He had a great start last year oh, before yeah. he tore his ACL. I think he was five or two, five and two, six and two, somewhere along those lines. He was, he looked so much better in New Orleans than he did in Tampa Bay. And it just sucked that he tore his ACL and cut down what could potentially have been his best season. So I think a close – I think it's McCaffrey, Winston, Henry, one, two, three. Because Derrick Henry is going to be Derrick Henry if he's healthy. Tennessee's going to use him up. It's just it, – it's so hard to not give an award to a quarterback. You know what I mean?
0: Right, and – Mark, I think we we get back to that conversation. Could record play an impact in this? You know, if Derrick Henry and say Derrick Henry and McCaffrey um, both come back, play well, maybe not up to their full standard like McCaffrey in 2019 and Derrick Henry in 2020. But say they, you know, still perform well, both like a thousand yard rushers and, and, you know, get a lot of TDs. But say they miss the playoffs and Jameis Winston is, you know, leads the Saints, has a good year statistically, leads the Saints to a uh, a playoff berth. That could play a factor in whether or not Jameis wins, wins it over McCaffrey and Henry.
1: It, oh, yeah, it 100% does because let's go back to 2019. Michael Thomas won Offensive Player of the Year. And, yes, he had a crazy statistical receiver season. But McCaffrey also – was the third player to go for thousand thousand. And one team made the playoffs and one team finished with five wins. So it's like Yes records take into effect, but I I really don't think records should play as much of as of a of, uh, of a factor as they do. I mean yes, they should tally the box, like check the box. You wouldn't want to have a team that has a good record, yes. But Man, when something like that comes up, and you have—and I'm not discrediting Michael Thomas because he absolutely went insane in 2019. Okay, most catches, yards you're gonna see in a long time. Most catches, I believe it was. But man, it's it's so tough to just pull off someone that you you may not see a thousand thousand yard back again for who knows how long.
0: Go ahead, Cam, and give us your pick for comeback player of the year.
2: Okay, Um, I loved what you said, Mark, like all those, everything that you mentioned. And um, I know that we usually don't even see eye to eye on half the thing. But (laughs) uh, (laughs) I'm not going to lie. There's a lot of people that I'm excited to see that can win this award. Because you're talking about at plus 2,000, you have Juju Smith-Schuster. I was like, you don't know what that man can do. You can all all of a sudden have over 1,200 yards receiving easy in that offense. J.K. Dobbins, who's freaking absolutely phenomenal. Uh, I love him. Um, Chase Young that's coming back. I was like, he easily can set up for 10 sacks this year. But um, this, for me, is Christian McCaffrey. Like, I'm staying with the Carolina. I was like, I think that there's no – nobody better than – like, Christian McCaffrey makes Carolina – and that brings me to the point with Baker Mayfield because of the fact that Baker Mayfield has uh, 1,400, it makes it kind of tricky because if Baker brings Carolina to the playoffs, i say it's between. it could be between Baker and it could be between Winston. And I think I'd rather take the plus 1,400 over the plus 500 just because of the fact that should you make more money off of it, If you think that Carolina can make the playoffs, Baker Mayfield. I was like, if not, you disregard Baker Mayfield and you pick between Christian McCaffrey or Jameis Winston. But I believe if – I kind of have to change my pick now. (laughs) I don't think Christian McCaffrey's it. I am going to go Baker Mayfield for comeback player of the year. Um, Yes, I am buying his jersey uh, tomorrow. And, um, yeah, so with Baker, I think Baker has a chip on his shoulder going this year. He has – hey, we have a – Carolina has a great offense. Like, we really do. Um, If he makes the playoffs, if Baker brings Carolina to the playoffs, I don't know how he does not win it. It's hard for me to even – because we were literally a bottom five team the last two years. So, in my opinion, I think if Baker brings Carolina to the playoff and plays at least somewhat decent, play Kirk Cousins football, he can win. uh, Unless freaking Derrick Henry or Chris McCaffrey really just pop, pop off, Baker Mayfield can win this. Like, he can win uh, comeback player of the year. So,
0: Cam, it kind of sounds like, you know, you changed your pick from McCaffrey to Mayfield. and I did. I think the reason it sounded, at least from, from your explanation, is it sounds like you think the Panthers are going to make the playoffs. I really,
2: I really hope so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really hope so. Like, I, I want them to make the playoffs. I, I'm not guaranteed, but I'm willing to put $50 down on Baker Mayfield to win, uh, comeback player of the year because of the fact that one at plus fourteen hundred and two, it's not like the NFC is crazy crazy hard. So if Baker does what he does, and we finished last last year in the NFC like in the NFC South, so we're getting all the bottom feeders in the NFC and in, in the NFC. So there's a chance. I'm not saying that it's the best. The best pick, I'm just saying there's a possibility that Baker Mayfield can win Comeback Player of the Year. Yeah. You, know, you
1: know what I took from everything Kim said? You're, you're basically saying you're looking to see 2020 Baker Mayfield come instead of 2021. Exactly. In 2020 when he had the 3,500 yards, the 26 touchdowns, and the eight interceptions. If he, did, if he does that he is comeback player of the year. Like I, It's hard for me to even –
2: that's bringing Carolina to the playoffs. That's bringing them to the playoffs if he does that. I mm-hmm. know it is.
0: Uh, I, I agree with that statement. If he does that, he, he would – one, you would definitely take Carolina to the playoffs, and two, definitely win offensive rookie of the year or comeback player of the year, sorry. But, you know, last last week we went over our division winners and I gave you guys the – sort of bold prediction that I I felt that the Saints were going to win the division over the Buccaneers. And so I'm going to have to have a season award winner pick that back set up. And this is the pick. I'm going with Jameis Winston. Um, The the reason is I just think that offense is setting him up for success. Um, They've really helped in the wide receiver room with Landry, adding Landry and drafting Olave, and I uh, and, and you know Mike Thomas hopefully comes back healthy this year. You know he's he's a little banged up as of now, but you know hopefully he's healthy and is able to return uh, similar to form. I I don't think he'll have the opportunity to return fully to form, being that that this offense is uh, new without. Uh, Drew Brees, you know they they're making sure Jameis Winston controls the ball, which I do think they'll do again this year. I, I don't think Jameis will be able to go to like MVP type status, but because they'll they'll be trying to to limit his turnovers and whatnot, they don't want him throwing for thirty touchdowns and thirty interceptions. I get, I promise you that. So you know they're going to continue to try to control the ball, uh, run the ball, play really good defense, and you know when they need to throw, they'll, they'll, they'll get, they'll have the ball in James's hands. So he'll throw the ball pretty well, but they're not going to let him go and throw 30 interceptions. And because of that, I could see, uh, you know, 3,500 yards, 20 plus touchdowns and somewhere under eight to 10 interceptions. And I believe that those numbers, plus, you know, Mark, I know you hate this, a 10 win season, that will lead Jameis Winston to a comeback player of the year award.
1: That's fair. I I feel like awards are skewed towards offensive awards. at least are skewed towards quarterbacks anyway. So it's tough.
2: Well, I, yeah, I definitely get it. Like I, Jameis Winston, I I think he is actually a really good quarterback. Like last year, we we saw what we did, uh, like what he did before his ACL injury. And, um, he has the talent around. Him. Holy crap! I was like, he has a phenomenal defense. Even though they lost their safety, what was uh, what was the safety that they lost to the Eagles? Oh my goodness, I forgot what his name was. But he um, CJ Gardner Johnson. There you go, yeah. Gardner. And <clears throat> and then I was like, their offense. You have Alvin Kamara. You have shoot Chris Olave. You have Michael Thomas, uh, uh, Jarvis Landry. So Jameis Winston has it set up well for him. And um, they can definitely win this division. I do like your, definitely your prediction on this, Justice.
0: Thanks again for tuning into this episode of the Sports Jam. We hope you enjoyed the episode. And keep an eye out for our next episode where we will finish going over our season
2: award winners.